This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial complex. UFOs, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of every best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making Veritas possible. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to both segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. Tonight's special guest is Barry Trower, a British physicist, former intelligence agent, an expert on microwave weapons, who is warning the world about the dangers of Wi-Fi radiation, which he says is as dangerous as the radiation emitted by microwave weapons. Barry Trower is not just a scientist who happened to study microwave energy as a tool for warfare. He dedicated most of his career to studying the effects of this technology. Are you being targeted? Barry Trower will be with us shortly. Tonight's show is an example of how the synergy of our listeners, our forum, and the show have on a daily basis. Our members converge at our forum and exchange information, ideas, and even introduce us to researchers. Well, tonight's guest is an example of that. I want to thank Fritz for introducing me to Barry Trower and to Andy for locating his telephone number. You see, Barry does not own a computer, so trying to find his contact information on your own will be very difficult. So if you haven't visited our forum, as a member, you are missing out. It's not just the traditional forum. Register and find out. You'll be glad you did. Veritas is just one part of the equation. 
the rest continues there at the forum, including weekly discussion of every show. And yes, I don't hide. I'm there with all of you. Just register or subscribe to Veritas to get all the benefits. And don't forget and stop wasting time looking for MMS. I hope by now you can trust Veritas. You can buy it directly from us. And if you want to have each season in a futuristic metal case USB drive with bonus material, go to the Veritas store. And to get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, comments, suggestions, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there is a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. From the words of Barry Trower, quote, during the 1950s and 60s, during the Cold War, it was realized, both by accident, that microwaves could be used as stealth weapons against the Russians. The Russians beamed the American embassy during the Cold War, and it gave everybody working in the embassy cancer, breast cancers, and leukemia. And it was realized then that low-level microwaves were the perfect stealth weapon to be used on dissident groups around the world because you could make dissident groups sick, give them cancer, change their mental outlook on life without them even knowing they were being radiated. And one of my particular tasks, I spent 11 years questioning captured spies. One of my particular tasks was to learn the particular frequencies of microwaves that they used on which particular victims, if I may use that word, and what the outcome was. And I built up a dossier. I'm probably the only person in the world with a complete list. I built up a dossier of what pulse frequencies of microwaves will cause what psychological or physiological damage to a person. Both governments and technology companies must be held accountable for collaborating with the mass poisoning of humanity and all other forms of life." Unquote. We are bathed in microwaves, even in our sleep. Cell phones, cordless phones, Wi-Fi, and more. Can we protect ourselves and our children from the lethal danger of microwaves? It is also the perfect stealth weapon with absolute plausible deniability. Are you being targeted? For this and solutions, Barry Trower is coming up next. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. This is Dr. Raunilena Lokanen-Kilde, and you're listening to The Veritas Show.
In the 1960s, Barry Trower trained at the Government Microwave Warfare Establishment. He worked with the Underwater Bomb Disposal Unit, which used microwaves within its unit. In the 1970s, one of his tasks over an 11-year period was to debrief spies involved in microwave warfare. The location and process that he used, he cannot go into, as it is still considered secret. He has two degrees and a diploma, and in his retirement, he now teaches advanced level physics, some mathematics, and some human physiology at South Dartmoor College. And directly from the southwest of the United Kingdom, I would like to welcome for the first time on Veritas, Mr. Barry Trower. Hello, Mr. Trower, and welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. Thank you very much for calling me. It's my pleasure. Uh, may I call you Barry? Of course you can. Thank you. A few weeks ago, somebody, one of our listeners, brought to my attention your work. And I have to say, I was very impressed. And more so because you speak very candidly. It seems that you essentially don't care about what you're saying in terms of you don't fear. And that is the first question I have. How is somebody who worked for intelligence all of a sudden can speak without any, any fear of repercussions? Uh, at my age, sir, you, you, you tend to uh, not worry about most things. Um, but uh, the, the, the thing that actually triggered this was uh, whilst I was working, the Official Secrets Act uh, or when the Official Secrets Act came out, it was designed to protect ordinary civilian public from danger from enemy countries. Uh, so things couldn't be said that would harm the ordinary civilian. What the governments have done since is they've turned the Official Secrets Act right around. They are now using it to protect their own clandestine operations against the public, and they are also using it to protect industrial profits and to stop industry uh, being charged with lawsuits from ordinary members of the public. So the Official Secrets Act now uh, works against the human public for the benefit of the government agencies and the industry. And I think that is wrong, especially when you have the, the knowledge and the data I have. I think it is wrong, and I think that it should be stopped. And when I visit all of the countries that I do, uh, one of the things I ask is that somebody in power that can actually pull the governments up and make them explain, uh, do so. So that is why sir, I, I'm trying to protect the public from uh, governments who are now working against the public. <clears throat> and before we start, a couple of questions. You don't have a computer or a mobile phone, right? Absolutely, sir. I, I don't have either. I have a fountain pen and a bottle of ink. <laughs> and may I ask why, with the, technology, the advent of technology? Uh, for the simple reason, sir, is uh, I, I don't have a, a cell phone because I know the damage it can do to living cells, uh, and you're, you're free to ask about any of those. I know the damage it can do, and it's the same reason I, I don't smoke. Uh, I don't have a computer because I prefer to read 
very recent scientific research papers and use my brain. Uh, and and I've, uh, to date, I've, I've never needed a computer. I appreciate some people do that, that sift through hundreds and thousands of figures or things, but I prefer to write my research papers uh, with my fountain pen. They are typed up. Uh, and to date, I've never needed a computer. And if I've never needed one, then why buy one? Sure. And before we talk about the technology, let's talk about your background on how you get involved with microwave warfare and the training that you received from the UK government. Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's nothing special. I mean, several people had my training. I was never alone on the courses. Uh, in the 1960, I, I trained at the government's microwave warfare establishment. And you learn everything. You learn about the harm microwaves can do to the body, as well as radar and how microwaves are produced. Uh, so you learn everything. And, and of course, being in the forces, it isn't just one course. When you finish the courses and, and you start your work, your working day, the, the same as the American military, uh, you're training and you're learning all of the time you're working. So you accrue an, an immense amount of knowledge. And the second part, uh, and I would like to say it was a fairly, uh, debriefing spies was a, a fairly small part of my 11-year task. Uh, I, I can go into it just a little bit. There was a gentleman called Sir William, Sir William Melvin, and he realized that when uh, very important people had been captured and were locked up. Uh, most of the knowledge that could be useful uh, was still retained by them. That you, they only got enough out of them uh, to really take them to court and what they wanted to tell you. You never got what they didn't want to tell you. And he worked out a program, I was a part of this program, where the information... Uh, could be gleaned from the ladies and gentlemen. And in my defense, uh, may I say that uh, neither I nor anybody that I know that, that was in this program, <clears throat> we never used a single second of pain, embarrassment, humiliation, drugs, uh, hypnosis. I treated the ladies and gentlemen with all of the courtesy, I would treat you. Uh, and it was done very gently and very gradually. And uh, it wasn't just spies. There were lots of what we would call interesting people. And as you say, when I finished, I, I, I'm retired now from teaching. I did teach advanced physics. <clears throat> I'm also the author, if anybody wants to ask. I was commissioned by two uh, police unions to write the safety report and the updated safety report in the Tetra Airwave communication system. Uh, both reports I condemned the system as being far too dangerous for human use. And apart from that, sir, I'm still uh, taking phone calls, answering questions, visiting countries, uh, you know, at, at people's request. And I will say I work free of charge, and I do not accept gifts. And when did you realize that 
there was a moral compass and that you needed to talk. When you were part of the, the military or, or intelligence, did you oh, know well, that... Go ahead. Both of those. Um, in fact, the, the cell phones you use, cell phones, Wi-Fi, I think, is the most dangerous thing on the planet. Uh, cell phones, Wi-Fi, the governments knew, and I have the documents, the governments knew by 1976 that these caused cancer, neurological damage, physiological damage uh, to various cross-sections of the population. And in 1976, whilst I was still working, uh, a top-secret document came out from the United States government. And it advised all other knowing governments, in other words, the Western governments, it advised them all, and I think this is the most shocking piece of paper since the declaration of war in 1939, and I believe it will be responsible for more suffering and death than the Second World War. The United States government advised all other nations, all other governments, to set an exposure standard that would be favorable to industry for two reasons. One, to protect their profit, and the other was that they could not face lawsuits. And the exposure standard was so high uh, or so relaxed that it is impossible, using this, this document, to take them to court uh, for injury. In fact, the only exposure standard, and it's still, it's still in force today, the only exposure standard is to see how warm you feel in six minutes, and that's it. Uh, what they did not look at was the interaction between the microwaves and the cells, the human cells, at an incredibly low level, millions and millions of times lower than this. And this was uh, the, the draft from the United States government. It is still in force today. And this is why uh, we are now in the mess that we are in. Isn't this proof, what you just said, that the industry colluded with the government so that they are not proven guilty, if you will, because of the profit, uh, jeopardizing the profit uh, streams that they have? Isn't this proof that the government works for the corporation and not for the people? Oh, absolutely, sir. And it, and it gets much worse than that. Um, in fact, before the government colluded with the industry, it did its own experiments. Uh, the, in fact, the industry has done its own experiments where they have reported in their own experiments that these microwaves and at very, very, in fact, a, a low level is actually more dangerous than a high level. Uh, the industry found that they these microwaves triggered the uh, cancer promoters, cancer initiators in people. <clears throat> and may I read you two sentences, sir, sure. from your own government about microwaves? 
The first was in 1986, and this is concerning low-level microwaves that you would put up to your head with a cell phone or sit in front of if you were a child in school with Wi-Fi. We can change behavior of cells, tissues, whole organisms, have a six times higher fetus mortality, birth defects, and induce malignant cancer tumors in human cells. That's from these microwaves. And in a top secret course, this was course number 11, 2001 to 2007, uh, where the students were in fact scientists. It said that the opening brief was students will be familiar with current knowledge. That is cancer, memory, brain function and birth defects with damage to the eyes and skin can all be obtained from these microwaves. Uh, and the, the thing, I'll just finish with one more thing here, sir. Uh, and this really sickened me. <clears throat> and it's one of the reasons when, why I now go around the world and I read these. <clears throat> it says the over a 40-year period before they wrote these documents, 500,000 people were tested without their knowledge and without their consent. The people chosen were students, servicemen and women, psychiatric patients, the poor, children above the age of four, pregnant women, Muslims and Catholics. And a success, and it's in the documents, a success would be if you could cause, for instance, if you were in training the brain to cause a psychiatric illness by interfering with brain waves, a success would be if a person could be uh, recommended to visit a psychiatrist by their doctor <clears throat> and diagnosed with some sort of paranoid schizophrenia that was specifically induced by microwaves. And, of course, they would be locked up, they would be in a padded cell, and many of these people died. They, they lived a wretched life, and they died for no other reason than governments wanted to experiment. Uh, and I'm talking about the American, Canadian, the English, and, in part, Australian scientists carrying out these uh, experiments. I have to ask you first, before we continue with this, but you said something interesting when you were debriefing yeah. the, 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 the spies that were captured. You said that you didn't use pain, embarrassment, humiliation. Today, we, we hear about waterboarding. We hear about torture. Did you, get, did you have to go through special training to be able to extract information without torture? Yes, sir. Um, I spent the best part of two years... Uh, in a very, very intensive course from a very, very skilled and knowledgeable psychiatrist, uh, learning how to talk to people, how to gain their confidence. Uh, that uh, I would never, um, would never ever waterboard or cause somebody embarrassment or pain. That is just using ignorance. Uh, they don't get what they want. Uh, it, it's a stupid thing to do. It's a cruel thing to do, and it is totally unnecessary. 
I think torture today simply makes the victim or, or the, 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 the person who's captured make up information. In other words, you may coerce something, somebody to say, you have to admit that you're guilty. And when you tortured them, they say, I'm guilty. All of a sudden, it goes out in, in the media that so-and-so committed this murder because they just admitted it after being tortured. Don't you think? Oh, you're absolutely right, sir. And of course, I mean, uh, and I will be the first uh, to say that the ladies and gentlemen with whom I was in conversation, uh, upon their release date, if, if for those that were released, um, I would honestly say if I were to bump into them in a pub, uh, they would welcome me, I would shake their hand, we would sit down, we would have a beer, and, and we would have a very pleasant talk. Uh, there was no animosity. I got nearly all of the information that I wanted. Uh, it was given willingly. There was no animosity. Uh, it, I mean, if you start waterboarding people and pulling out fingernails and whatever, uh, you only you make an enemy of that person for life. You make an enemy of their family. You make an enemy of their race. Uh, it, it, it's totally pointless. It, it's pointless, it's stupid, and it is unnecessary. And the information is probably contaminated because it's probably not true. They're just telling Absolutely you so. what and you want to hear. Yep, yep. And people in that situation, uh, they will say whatever they say uh, to stop you putting needles through them or whatever. Exactly. And I have to ask you, I like to go forensically. Where did the microwave warfare or, or this technology, where did it originate? Well, it seemed to originate in two different places, in the Soviet Union and in the United States, working with the English scientists. And, and I say English here because the atrocities that we have caused and are still causing today, uh, I have never come across a Scottish, Welsh, or Irish scientist. Uh, they, they have been English, so I, I just say English. And, I mean, the, the, the famous case, of course, was the, uh, the microwaving of the United States Embassy during the Cold War. Uh, would you like me just to explain what the Cold War was for any of your listeners, sir, if, if they're not of my... Yes, but, but, but if I might, may I ask you, what year... Are we are we referring to that uh, the the Soviets and the Americans start uh, with this? What year? We're going through the fifties, sixties, seventies, even into the eighties. And the reason why I ask you is because I suspect that this may have come from Germany. And when after Operation Paperclip, the, the Soviets got their share of scientists and engineers, and we got them too. Well, absolutely, sir. So at the end of the Second World War, um, at the end of the Second World War. Uh, some scientists were hanged, uh, but those that had knowledge of interest, uh, they were quickly rounded up by the Russians, the, the English, the Americans. And uh, yes, the, their, their knowledge was used. And uh, this was Operation Paperclip. And of course, with the advent of radar, um, it was found that the microwaves caused illness not only to the animals around, but the people around. <laughs> and in the 50s, during the Cold War, 
we were within um, a nod of a head. Uh, it is generally known, but if it isn't, it will be now, uh, that especially during the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh, the Russians, the Soviets, had four nuclear submarines off the United States with nuclear weapons ready to launch onto the United States. And at one time during the Cold War, uh, it takes, on a nuclear submarine, you need three people to agree to fire the nuclear weapon. And, and one was actually loaded and ready to be fired on the Americans. And two of the Russians agreed, and it was the... It was a nod of a head from the third person that would have launched total nuclear global war between the United States and the Russians. And it, it was, he hesitated, and that, that is the only thing that stopped World War III, was one man hesitating uh, to fire the missile. And the same was with the Americans, with President Kennedy. Uh, he refused to back down, and he was ready to fire the missile had the Soviets not turned around and left. So we were, it was just really down to two men, and if either of those two men had nodded ahead, none of us would have been here today. That, that's how close we were to in, in the Cold War. So you, you can see the, the, the tensity the intensity of the world situation. Now, in this, the Soviets wanted to know what was being said in the American embassy across Moscow Square. And they beamed microwaves at the windows because if you have a reflected microwave, uh, you can tell by the difference in phase, the difference in waves, what is being said, rather like a stethoscope. And it was found after about 18 months, some of the microwaves went through and there was an increase in, with all of the staff, there was an increase in leukemias in the children, cancers in, in the adults, breast cancers, uh, and there was a, an incredible miscarriage rate with, with the ladies, secretaries. And the United States changed their staff, or a lot of them, who also got cancer, then they changed again and they got cancer. <clears throat> but then the United States did a rather naughty thing. They decided, they realized that the microwaves were coming in, and then they studied how the staff would die and how they would get cancer. The first paper that was written up on this was a whitewash. Where they so they, said, let it hap they let it happen? Oh yes, they let it happen. The first paper was a whitewash, the second paper uh, was almost a whitewash, and it wasn't until uh, an Israeli genius uh, who was advisor, I think he had something like 19 professorships, advisor to the World Health Organization and just about everybody else on the planet, uh, Professor John Goldsmith. He wrote the truthful paper, and he listed the levels of radiation the frequencies, the doses, uh, the illnesses, 
and he wrote the definitive paper of what you could expect if you were microwaved. And instead of making it public, uh, the United States, the English, the Russians, they decided that this was, in fact, a perfect stealth weapon. Because you could eliminate people you didn't like, like terrorists, uh, antisocial people, uh, freedom fighters, whatever. You could eliminate people with microwaves without them knowing because nobody knows they're going through all you need is a little bit of patience and you can microwave people you can cause depending on the pulse frequency and there are lots of different ones uh, you can cause uh, neurological illnesses you can cause physiological illnesses by targeting uh, specific glands with specific pulse frequencies uh, you can cause cancer, as I read out in the list. So if if there are uh, what you would call or what the government would call uh, terrorists or uh, persons who are not wanted, uh, all you have to do is microwave them. Uh, and they would just become sick and die. Uh, and nobody could get the blame because you couldn't prove it. Well, it's the perfect plausible deniability weapon. Oh, and it's still, they are still being used today. And I can assure you, sir, that uh, we have now, and I know in 150 countries, the English government scientists, not all of them, some of them are carrying out an experiment on people today in 150 countries with the knowledge of the United States. And I've written papers on it and they've been published. This is this is just an incredible case. Uh, first of all, the 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 Cuban Missile Crisis. I'd never heard of this story, where one person and one person only could have triggered Armageddon, could have triggered a nuclear exchange that uh, you and I would not be here today. Oh, it was absolutely true, sir. You, they, the the Soviets had four of their top nuclear submarines, not nuclear powered nuclear weapons, mm -hmm. uh, right off the Ameri the American shore. Um, and it, it was it, it it takes three people, and if if you were to read the document, um, the Americans what happened was the American Navy spotted the four submarines. They knew they were there, and they started dropping uh, depth charges, grenades, uh, to bring them to the surface. The Soviets at that time they thought the game was up, and they were not allowed to have contact with Moscow. So as far as they were concerned, the United, States had, the United States had already started the war and maybe uh, nuclear missiles were on their way to Russia. So two of the officers that had the keys, they put the keys together and actually put them in the lock, turned them to arm the missiles that, that the Russians were going to fire. And it was down to the one man to, to, to nod his head and say, go. That's how close we were uh, to total global nuclear war. And there was MAD, M-A-D, Mutually Assured Destruction. What was the tripwire event that caused the, the three people in the submarine to react like this to, to almost create World War III or, or Armageddon? 
Yeah, nobody knows, sir. It, it was an admiral. Uh, the admiral on, on the chief submarine, uh, for some reason, he hesitated and he told the men to stand down and the submarines, three of the submarines surfaced uh, and surrendered. One, I think, moved away and wasn't found. Uh, but he found when they surfaced that they realized there wasn't missiles on their way to Russia. Uh, the crew were released and allowed to go back to the Soviet Union, where they were actually criticized by the Russians for not taking action. <laughs> um, but, I mean, we were within the, the nod of one man. Uh, that, that's the only thing that stopped World War Three. How did that information become public, or, or at least to you? Um, it's, it, le it leaks out slowly, as everything does. Uh, there are documents out now with... Uh, in fact, I, I, I used to remember the name of the submarine, but um, th there are documents out, um, and I dare say now if, if you have a computer and you Google nuclear submarines off Cuba, missiles, um, World War Three, something would probably come up. I don't know. Okay. Okay. And I have to ask you right from the beginning, going back to, to cell phones, we see cell towers everywhere, at least in the United States, more than likely everyone who's listening to us, Barry, has cell towers not far from where they are. Is there more than one purpose for these cell towers, more than just cell phone communication? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, I will say, do you mind if I just have a, a, a swig of my drinking chocolate? while? Please I'm do, please do. Sure. We're actually past my bedtime here, and I'm, si I'm sitting here in my pajamas uh, <laughs> drinking chocolate. And I thank you, by the way, I thank you. No, that's okay. I think it's quite amusing. Um, there are 14 epidemiological studies on cell towers. Uh, by epidemiological study, I mean thousands of people studied over a 10-year period where the information has been written up and then independently checked by, by a different university uh, to get the figures right. There are 14 epidemiological studies which prove that a certain percentage of the population living near cell towers uh, will develop cancer, they will suffer neurological damage, uh, they will certainly suffer from immune deficiency disorders, uh, and it varies. The closer you are to the tower, the more likely you are. So they do exist and there are also to my knowledge uh, three high court cases where it has been proven in a high court that cell towers do cause these illnesses <clears throat> so that is that is proof now your question sir can they be used for anything else the answer is yes and this is one of the reasons why the government is allowing the industry to function. And the reason is uh, <clears throat> that the, the industry, uh, sorry, the government, <clears throat> the government secret services, uh, they now know, and this is, it, it's published, and, and, and I've published it, uh, they know exactly where everybody is that carries mm -hmm. a cell phone. Mm 
if your cell phone is off, totally off, it can still be activated so that everywhere you go, uh, the government, if they wish, can listen to every single thing you are saying to somebody else, even if it's off. If it has a camera and the, and the, the lens is available, if it's on a table, they can see who you're talking to. They know exactly where you are because you're tracked. And everything you say is anyway recorded and stored. Now, most people may say, well, they can, they can follow me and listen to me as much as they like. I mean, my life is unimportant. <clears throat> but in fact, that's quite wrong. Um, but we'll start with the professionals. I mean, if you go and see a doctor, they can listen to everything you are describing to the doctor. If you are visiting somebody, and I'm choosing my words carefully, uh, where you shouldn't be, if you have a mistress or a lover, or you are doing something you wouldn't like on the front page of a newspaper, uh, that is also stored. <clears throat> you can be followed into shops. You can be followed in your house, around your house. They know when you're sitting on the toilet. They know how many people are in bed with you. <clears throat> Everything they want to know about you, they can know. There is even a machine now which is made and it is being used, <clears throat> which if they target a specific individual, and it's the machine, it's called Seldar, like radar, only cell phones. Mm -hmm. It's called Seldar. Uh, and the computer from all the cell towers can just follow you anywhere you're going. It can, the computer will take away anything stationary, like buildings and trees. <clears throat> it will watch everywhere you're going. And if they want to, they can send any one of the 600 known pulse frequencies that will interact with your body and cause any physiological or neurological illness. Uh, they can, as I say, listen to everything you're doing. But this technology, uh, it can be used for many different things. The obvious one is blackmail. And, sorry, my, Scooby, stop growling, will you? Sorry, I've got my, my dog's growling. Sure. Um, it can be used for blackmail. And the thing is, it isn't just your government. <clears throat> it could be up to 40 different governments or, or organisations could be listening to you on your cell phone. And if you're thinking, I'm unimportant because I have this job, which I would disagree is unimportant. If we didn't have toilet cleaners, we would all be dead with many diseases within a year, certainly cholera. Uh, if you have a, a, a job and you think I'm on the lowest wage and I'm unimportant, in fact, Scooby, it's quiet. Um, Sounding like an airplane. No, it, it, it's my <laughs> Labrador. He's, he's, um, there's a, a fox in the garden or something. Um, Scooby, excuse me. Scooby, stop. Sorry, yeah. Um, up to 40 different countries can uh, monitor anybody they like. And 
one of the reasons or one of the purposes is blackmail <clears throat> because the uh, tell me if I go on too long here the no, no, that's okay. the, the the actual job of a spy the main task for a spy let, let's put James Bond totally out of the picture James Bond is not a secret agent and he's not a spy James Bond character is military intelligence he's right up the picture <clears throat> um, spies are generally low-level people they do a five-year course to go into the country they are going to spy in it is a very long-term 20 30 40 year low-level job and it is usually blackmail and uh, for blackmail you need to target people who have w what they describe as ordinary jobs, cleaners. In fact, the, the best person you can get for blackmail, uh, and you can ask later if you wish, is a cleaner. That is the best person. Uh, the other job of, uh, is, is blackmail. The other thing, of course, uh, th that is for spies. The other type of secret person, which is what I was, uh, is uh, an agent. An agent is a gatherer of information, usually secretly, and the information is secret, uh, but I was not uh, a military intelligence, I was not a spy, I was an agent. I, I don't like the term secret agent, because people automatically think of James Bond. James Bond. I can yeah. tell you now, I've never picked up a handgun in my life. Uh, so I was an agent. I was a gatherer of information. Uh, so we need to distinguish between those three. But spies will come over. They will spend 20, 30, 40 years. They may even marry you. Uh, but the, I, the uh, job behind the spy, the five-year training, <clears throat> is to go into blackmail. And that is their task. And once, of course, if you can track people with cell phones... And you know everything they do, everywhere they go, uh, everything they say, even to their doctors, their lawyers, their friends, when they're off duty, when, when they're you know, at play in the pub. Uh, there is an awful lot of material that can come out there that could be useful to a foreign government. And cell towers provide every single syllable of this. Somebody told me not a few years ago, uh, Barry, that you may remember how in the, I believe it was 70s or 80s, they banned, at least in the United States, lead paint because supposedly it was unhealthy. But the real reason was because of microwaves or, or, or certain frequencies, including x-rays, which could not penetrate, which could not do the job of the intelligence apparatus. And that's why they banned them. Have you heard this before? Absolutely, sir, and you are uh, you, you are correct in, in that in that vein. Yep, it's the same reason as well why uh, normally when they're building houses, they put uh, aluminium foil in the cavities to reflect the heat back into the house in the winter, but that also stops microwaves going through. So now they use. Uh, fiber or plastic beads for the same reason. 
<laughs> so this is true because I spoke with a uh, defense contractor last Sunday and he said, no, that's just conspiracy theory. That's impossible. It's just unhealthy. And of course, we know why they say that. But uh, let me go back for a second to the transition from analog to digital. And I'm, I'm sure you probably followed this, at least here in the United States. Even people receive free boxes if they didn't have the money to transition to to uh, digital TVs. Why do you think this happened, the, the transition from analog signal to digital? There are two reasons. There were three, if you want to count money. Um, the industry makes an infinite amount more money with digital because you can get a lot more information in a lot less airspace. First of all, so it's right. money. The second reason is that uh, you can put pulse frequencies into digital much more easily than analog. And if you can put pulse frequencies, I, I need to explain this. Um, our bodies have uh, normal vibrational frequencies. Uh, for anyone listening there, the cyclotronic frequencies and the circadian rhythms. <clears throat> our brain has its own frequencies. Uh, our body is really a, a vibrating mass of frequencies. Now, if you, if you entrain any of those frequencies, now I'll explain entrainment. Uh, if you are bouncing on a trampoline, sir, uh, and let's assume you are a, a very thin, lightweight gentleman and you're bouncing on a trampoline at your own rhythm. <clears throat> if a 56 stone man climbs on the same trampoline and starts bouncing at his rhythm, you will have to bounce at his rhythm until he gets off. Then you will slowly come back to your own rhythm. That is called entrainment. And when microwaves, especially with these pulses, go through the body, they can entrain your natural frequency. You can entrain a single molecule. You can entrain, for instance, a single gland. If you want to produce a chemical in the body that will produce, for instance, 6.6 .6 pulses a second, will cause sexual aggression in men. Um, so, and there are now, when I finished with my, my debriefing of spies and people, I had a list of probably 30 different pulse frequencies that could cause uh, 40 to 50 different neurological and physiological illnesses, including blindness and heart failure. Now the list exceeds 600, because the more pulses you can put in, the better the weapon. And this is what has been developed over the last 60 years. So we now have a system uh, that can target any part of any person's brain or body. Um, and with with this all can be done from cell towers, and this is why we've now gone from analog to digital. It is money, and it is also that digital makes much better weapons. And, of course, 
you can have the, the benefit for people who like it. You, you have all of the color and speech and you can download movies on your cell phone in 10 seconds or pornography or the Internet or whatever. <clears throat> um, but you should remember that every single time you turn it on, everything you look at on your computer, every time you press a button, somebody somewhere is keeping that information. Yes. And I remember as a youngster, Barry, I remember I discovered how one day I forgot I needed a microphone for something, but I forgot it. And I discovered that I could use my headphones. They receive, but they also transmit. I could speak through them as a microphone. And the same thing I hear happens with digital television, that people can see and hear from some from whatever location is transmitting the cable signal. They can actually see what's transpiring in front of that TV and hear. Do you lend credence to that? Oh, and they send it back. It goes back to the, um, for instance, uh, if you're watching Sky, uh, they know everything you're watching. Uh, and when you change channels. <laughs> This is incredible. Another aspect that I wanted to discuss with you was smart meters. And I know in the UK, and now it's becoming pervasive in the United States, smart meters, unhealthy, yes or no? Uh, the micro, but they use microwaves. So they are certainly unhealthy. They will at least, I can give you a minimum, at least between three and 20% of the people with smart meters will suffer some form of health problem. Uh, quite a lot of them will die. Uh, and the, the main problem with, with smart meters, Wi-Fi, anything that goes through children. <clears throat> uh, and th this is going to take, can I explain this, sir? Uh, sure. I think this is the, the single most worrying problem with smart meters and Wi-Fi. <clears throat> if, if, If you have a baby girl, you have a baby girl born, and within her ovaries, she has around 4,000 uh, immature follicles that will become eggs, and when they are fertilized, she will have a baby. <clears throat> so you have a young girl running around with these eggs, immature eggs. What many people don't know, and I call this the silly boy syndrome, uh, the people who make these devices and put them in and the decision makers who sign bits of paper, what they don't know, <clears throat> and very few scientists in the world do, is that the genetic material inside the eggs, inside the ovaries, are 10 times more susceptible to damage from radiation, microwave radiation, than any other genetic material in the body. So what we have, <clears throat> excuse me, what we have are young girls having their eggs microwaved. And we know uh, from uh, animal studies and ordinary studies on farms with animals that have cell towers uh, in, in, the, on, in the farms, we know <clears throat> that this causes genetic problems <clears throat> so we have now with with these smart meters and with wi-fi in classrooms we have 
and I can give you a minimum but not a maximum. We have a minimum number of girls who are going to have genetically damaged children when they have when they give birth. <clears throat> but that's the good news. That's the good news. That's the good news. Now, imagine you are a 15-year-old girl. You've had your ovaries possibly microwaved for three or four years at school or at home with a smart meter. Let's assume that your ovaries have been microwaved for, as I say, three or four years, maybe five years. And now let's assume that you're not 15. Let's assume that you are 18 and you decide to have a baby. <clears throat> your ovaries have already been irradiated for the best part of 10 years. <clears throat> there is a very high likelihood that your baby will have a genetic abnormality. It could be a psychiatric disorder like uh, manic depression or bipolar disease, cystic fibrosis, uh, Down syndrome, anything. Now, <clears throat> Let's assume that you're 18 and you get pregnant. You want to become pregnant and you are a student. And I've taught students, many students and with many teachers uh, who are pregnant. And you're sitting in front of Wi-Fi. Now, for the first 100 days of your pregnancy, <clears throat> the embryo inside you, the embryo is being it's been fertilized with your contaminated egg that's to begin with now your embryo starts to produce a spine a brain and in the first 100 days your embryo inside your uterus will start to produce the 4000 follicles that will be made eggs <clears throat> now these follicles they do not have the protective barrier that some cells have. We have a protective barrier that, w that come through evolution. It was to protect us against radiation from thunderstorms and lightning. Now, it, it, for the scientists, I'm talking about protein 53 and the nuclear core complex. Now, the embryo does not have these. <clears throat> so for the first 100 days and... You, as a young lady, may not even know you're pregnant at this stage and may not even be taking precautions. You are irradiating the eggs inside your uterus, uh, in your embryo, that have absolutely no defense. And it will be, as you are 18, when your child is born... Your child will be born, your little girl will be born with those contaminated eggs and it won't be until she has a baby, so we're now 25 years hence, that the real damage of smart meters and Wi-Fi is going to come out and it is going to be horrific. So if somebody who lives in a, in a building on the first floor, where usually you find the smart meters, and they live in an apartment that's next to those hundreds and hundreds of smart meters. We're talking about one being being harmful. What about the, the, the plethora of smart meters that are found in buildings? Doesn't that affect the entire building? 
it, it will infect the entire population. It will affect the, and when I visit countries, and, and I've only just returned from one country, and I'm off to another one in three weeks, <clears throat> uh, I say I have two messages when I visit a country. I say I am here. I have documentary proof. I have all the evidence you need to take to court, and I will come to court free of charge and present it if you wish. And I say, I have two aims in life. The first is to protect your grandchildren from genetic disorder and the suffering that goes with the families. We all know somebody who has a genetically deformed child. It is the mother who generally takes the blame or the guilt. The whole of the family suffers. And the family worry, they worry every single second the child is with them. They worry that the child is not going to be married. They worry the child will not have a, fa a happy family life. They worry that when they die, there will be nobody to look after the child. Now, if you multiply the children that are going to get this, and we have the proof from animal studies, <clears throat> If you multiply that with the, the families, uh, it is a colossal amount of sadness and sorrow that we are spreading across this planet. <clears throat> and the only people to benefit are the government, the industry, and of course the pharmaceutical industry, because they will supply the drugs. So, and when I go to countries, I say I have two messages. One, is to try and prevent genetic disorder in your grandchildren, and the other is to try and save the viability of your country. And those are my two messages. Here's another story, Barry. Well, the viability I, uh, of the country is, yes. Would you like me to explain it? Uh, please do. <clears throat> um, and I would like to take the credit. Can I just have a sip of my chocolate while I'm... Sure. And we'll be taking a break in a few minutes. Sure. Okay, no, I've just had it. Um, and I would like to take the, the, the credit for thinking this up, but uh, uh, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think this up, and, and I wish I were the one that was clever enough. Um, without boasting, uh, with my travels, I've probably sat down with between 40 and 50 royal people, leaders of governments, leaders of countries, leaders of people, whatever. And I found that they all started telling me the same story in little bits and pieces, sometimes repeating it. <clears throat> and I, I was sitting, uh, having a, a meal with a king in one country. And he, he leaned forward on the table, uh, and I can remember this like it was this morning. <clears throat> and he said, I'll tell you one thing, Barry. He said, I am going to lose the viability of my country. And as soon as he said that, everything fell into place. And the reason is that if you have an instrument, namely microwaves, which damage humans, without being disrespectful to anybody, the same genetic material that makes us, the four simple bases that make us, 
It is the same genetic material in bacterium, in every single living animal species, and every single plant species. They all have the same genetic material. <clears throat> Any tree can read our DNA sequence. So it, it stands to reason if you're going to harm humans, you're also going to harm all of the animal and all of the plant kingdom. And <clears throat> what the, the leaders of countries have found out is, and, and th this has been said to me, if you want to take over a country, you don't now need to send tanks and bombers. All you need to do is put up transmitters. And the beauty for the industry is that they get paid. So you, you have them come in, they put up transmitters, and you pay them for the privilege of having them. The transmitters, the first thing that go are the pollinating insects. We know that, and we know why. You lose your pollinating insects, and you also start to lose your crops, and you lose your cattle. Uh, you, you start to lose uh, <clears throat> your, your food source, for a start. Let, let me ask you, Barry, not to mean to interject, but yep. the, the bee colony collapse that occurred a few years ago, did this have anything to do with this? Absolutely, and, and I've written a paper on it, and I've given two lectures on it. Absolutely. So you have the animals uh, becoming sick, you're losing your, your food source. The next thing is uh, people are becoming sick. Now, to cut a very long story short, you have to start importing food. You have to start importing more medicines. And it's going to put about 40% on your health bill. You also, as I say, have to start importing food. <clears throat> and... Any child that knows how to work a money box will soon tell you that when you are starting to spend more on food, more on medicines, and imagine we have a, uh, an imaginary country, imagine there are 10 million cell phones, imagine the average bill for the cell phone is one US dollar a day, you have the best part of $10 million a day leaving your country, going to the cell phone industries, uh, apart from, of course, tax and what they spend on advertising and shops, but most of it leaves. So anybody can tell you that uh, your country is going to become bankrupt. And the, the, the weird thing is, and whether this is by design or chance, uh, as people have said to me, and they say, Barry, they say, the very countries that are causing the problem in our country are the first countries to come in and offer aid. It is gratefully accepted at a bargain price, but there, it comes with a condition. <clears throat> they want land for military bases. They want immigration of their people into our country, and they want mining rights. And this is why the king, he just leaned forward and he said, I can tell you that in 20, 30, 40 years, I am going to lose the viability of my country. And when you start doing the sums and looking around, that is going on all over the world. This reminds me of uh, the book uh, uh, 
the economic hitman. And you know where, where they go to a country and they try to subvert the country by by giving them money. Then when they, when they can't pay, they bring the jackals and and they either get rid of the, the leader or they rape the country and pilfer the country out of their minds, out of their resources. And this is why some of the third world countries remain third world countries. But just before we take our intermission, Barry, I, just a quick story. I know one of our former guests, Dr. Rauni Kilde. She was the former. Uh, chief medical doctor for Finland. One day she went to visit uh, her nephew at, at his house and the, the, the boy told her, hey, Aunt uh, Rauni, can you please convince my parents so they can give me a cell phone? There's only one, there's only one child in school, actually two, that do not have cell phones. Me and this other kid. And the other kid was the son of this CEO for Ericsson, the cell phone manufacturing company. Absolutely, sir. Um, I can tell you now, um, a survey was done and published in our medical journal here. A child who uses a cell phone for just two minutes, that child's brain takes two hours to come back to normal. And with the use of cell phones with children, it is possible now that their brains never ever reach normal function they are always entrained is it because the blood brain barrier hasn't hasn't developed yet oh no no that's something different again sir that's something different again this is entrainment of the alpha beta delta theta uh, the, the the normal waves the blood brain barrier <clears throat> takes around 18 months to develop in a child and for your listeners um it's, 18 it's, months or years? It, it's uh, 18 months. <clears throat> okay. Uh, when a child is, is, is in the uterus, uh, the first 18 months of the child's life, uh, the blood-brain barrier is being formed. So, in fact, you're destroying it with microwaves before it's really formed. But uh, in adults and children anyway, we know microwaves destroy the blood-brain barrier. And what that does, it lets neurotoxins into the brain that shouldn't be going in and it also uh, allows things to leave the brain that sh that the brain wants to keep you have one of these barriers around your chest you also have one around your abdomen and the same can happen there so with with the blood brain barrier uh, you are having neurotoxins going into the brain and that can cause all sorts of neurodegenerative degenerative illnesses and psychiatric problems. And Barry, we have to take our one and only intermission. I know I usually ask people to, to provide their web address, their email address, or, or whatever they're selling, but you don't have any, any of the above. At least can you tell them where they can learn more about the documents that you've written? Absolutely, sir. And I don't run away and hide. The first thing I do when I speak in conferences uh, and if you have any listeners in where am I next Norway uh, I'm speaking in Norway in three weeks uh, I can I give my home address my if you wish my telephone number uh, I will take calls from anybody and anybody can write to me and generally I reply within a day uh, can I give my home address sir 
at your own risk, sure. Oh no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm very happy to do it. Uh, okay. Can I, the correct spelling of my name, it is Barry with an I-E, B-A-R-R-I-E. I'll do this slowly so they can write it down. Trower, T-R-O-W-E-R. If you Google my name, I know I'm on the internet and a lot of my lectures, a lot of my DVDs, especially on governments, uh, is on the internet, on, what, on like video clips. I'm on YouTube, I'm on the internet. Uh, so if you Google my name and you spell it correctly, uh, you can look at a lot of the documents I've had published and see me in, in these little what they call bites, I think, uh, 15 second, three minute bites, whatever, talking about this. <clears throat> uh, my address, uh, and you're welcome to write to me, uh, is number three, Flowers Meadow, as in a bunch of flowers, Flowers Meadow, okay, Liverton, L-I-V-E-R-T-O-N, Devon, D-E-V-O-N, UK. Now, the postcode, what you would call a zip code, is T for Tommy, Q for Quebec, the number 12, one, two, the number six, U for uniform, and P for Papa. TQ126UP. So it's number three, Flowers Meadow, Liverton, Devon, UK, TQ126UP. And if you're if you wish to telephone me, uh, the telephone number is 0044-1626-821014. And I will help anybody in the world free of charge so if you have no money at all and some people don't uh, if you can afford a stamp or a telephone call uh, that is all you need to do Barry you are such a gentleman and, and so candid I really appreciate it but uh, folks don't go anywhere we have so much more to discuss with Barry Trower if you thought we we're getting deeper we're going to get deeper in segment two. So please don't go anywhere. This is Mel Fabregas. You're listening to Veritas, and I'm here with Barry Trower. We'll be right back. Thank you very much for listening to the first segment of this very important interview with Barry Trower. To listen to segment two, where we go deeper into microwave weapons and the questions many are asking. How can I mitigate it? And am I being targeted? Go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. And before we go into our intermission and the music, I want to thank Martin, one of our listeners, who put a very powerful video together. You may have watched The Great Dictator by Charlie Chaplin before, but Martin has compiled very powerful images, along with Chaplin's monologue and some great music. Since I cannot show you the video, I'm at least including the audio tonight. You can watch the video at our forum. Martin says... Just wanted to share this with you, as you and your show are one of the main inspirations for this video. Thanks, Mel, and everyone else for taking the time to appreciate and understand the message. It still amazes me that after almost 75 years, 
Since this was released, we have learned absolutely nothing from our past mistakes. Peace. I'm sorry. I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world, that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Can you hear me? Wherever you are, 
Look up, Hannah. The clouds are lifting. The sun is breaking through. We are coming out of the darkness into the light. We are coming into a new world, a kindlier world, where men will rise above their hate, their greed, and brutality. Look up, Hannah. The soul of man has been given wings, and at last he is beginning to fly. He is flying into the rainbow, into the light of hope, into the future. This is Colin Andrews, and you're listening to The Veritas Show.